Hello and welcome to Mindfulness Music and More with me Shalini Bala Lucas and my co-host Mugambi Nthiga. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you and to bring you the fifth season of this podcast focusing on your mental health and well-being. Our lineup of guests will inspire you, inform you, entertain you, motivate you, make you smile, make you cry and will always give you food for thought. So do stay with us for the next hour as we talk about mental health and mindfulness, play some music and meditate together. But first, a quick roundup of what's been happening in our lives, Mugambi. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm loving the Nuki yes, lifestyle. Yes, that's what I was going to ask. You've been there a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, starting the whole farming thing that we talked about last week. <laughs> and yeah, getting you've, there. You've taken the first uh, crucial steps? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the first crucial step. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, we've planned the garden out. And the guys, Emmanuel and Edwin, are excited. I'm going to get Sylvia on board. Yeah. That's wonderful. Things happening. How about you? How's life? Uh, it's all right. Um, I you remember last uh, week, mm-hmm. I, I was coming into studio really tired. Yes. <laughs> Still in recovery from all this work. Uh, but then these conversations, I was just thinking about how these conversations are so inspiring. I was so energized at the end. Yes. And I, I have to just say I appreciate the work that we're doing here at Mindfulness Music and more. I'm only so uplifted after the conversations. So, yeah. I know, but I think we're lucky, right? The kind of guests we get in, the guests are willing to share and open up and sometimes be quite vulnerable. Absolutely. So we and couldn't do it. Yeah, we couldn't yeah. do it without our guests. And I think our guest today is going to be somebody who our uh, listeners are going to find very inspiring. I think so as well. So let's bring him in. He's a mental health advocate with lived experience of mental health issues. He's a philosopher with a BA in philosophy from Consolata Institute of Philosophy. He also featured in the BBC Africa documentary What's Eating My Mind by filmmaker Noella Luca. He describes himself as sincere, fun and kind. Nicholas Odiambo Osir, welcome to Mindfulness Music and More. Yes, thank you so much, Shalini and Mugambi. Nick, did I say your name correctly? Yes, you pronounced it correctly. Nicholas Odiambo Osir. It's not easy to pronounce, I know. No, no, <laughs> Especially I'm the part Odiambo. Odiambo. Yes. No, we had somebody else with that surname <laughs> and, and Mugambi trained me properly. Ah, that's good. That's good, Mugambi. <laughs> In between bursts of laughter. But yes, <laughs> I'm not very kind. that bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you pronounce it well, not Odiambo. At not at all. For real. I'm, I'm not even making fun of it. <laughs> it took me a long time to get Mugambi's name correct. And you say it so well. <laughs> um, the guy who does the promo voice says it Nith- Nithiga or Nithiga. Nithiga. <laughs> you love it though. You find it funny. I know, I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, yes. when I first saw you, and I'm going to go straight into it, mm-hmm. I cried. Because yeah. you were going through a really tough time. Yeah. And the first time I saw you was on What's Eating My Mind by mm. Noella Luca, which I think is a fabulous documentary. Yeah. But perhaps the thing that shocked me most was the chains around your feet. Now, yeah. for people who've not watched this documentary, mm-hmm. why not? Go watch it. But And if you've watched it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, uh, Nick was uh, going through a lot of mental health issues. Yes. And you were, for, uh, let's go back actually, you were going through mental health issues and mm-hmm. then you were staying with your grandmother. Yes, yes. Where is that? Uh, I live and stay in Kisumu, okay. Kisumu County, uh, Kisumu West, okay. to be more specific, Kisumu West, uh, sub, uh, Kisumu West constituency. So my area is called Rajambili. Okay. And uh, immediately after getting uh, mental illness, I, I became a victim of uh, chaining at home 
at first because my grandma used to chain me at least according to document documentary also also talks of that when she was explaining how she used to contain me in house and within the family setup so she, they used to chain me at first yes yeah. she showed uh, where she used to tie you up uh, and even to the uh-huh. to the um the cross for your grandfather's yes, yes. grave yes um what what mental health issues were you diagnosed with okay i was diagnosed in 2016 with the multiple mental illnesses that is uh, severe depression and uh, conversion disorder uh, induced psychosis and later on bipolar and schizoaffective disorder okay all yes. right now okay. i i do want to talk about the shackling because it was so so uh painful for me to watch but we do need to take you back. Yeah. You were okay. You were in Colombia yes. studying? Yes, I was studying in Colombia. And I you was were actually, fine? Yes, I wanted to become a Catholic priest. Okay. Yes, for your information. Wait, and so when you say Colombia, you about the country. Yeah. Yes, Colombia the country. So there is where we went for my father's studies. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you finish your studies? Uh-huh. So in the process, you know, uh there is a process for training to become a Catholic priest. So in that process, I I realized that there is some few things I need to do outside. So that is the time I started to to get depression and then I I asked for some time out. I wrote a letter uh, stating clearly that uh, I want to discern from outside. So they gave me opportunity to discern from outside. So I asked for permission 2 years outside. Uh, so when i came out that is when now my full diagnosis came along yeah tell us your diagnosis again so depression severe depression induced psychosis conversion disorder uh and bipolar wow that's yeah. a lot yeah. that's a, and you were, you were diagnosed here in kenya yeah in kenya yeah okay so you then go stay with your grandmother yes then when i came here in kenya i i i i began to live alone yeah in nairobi mm-hmm. that's when now things escalated became very big So my grandma uh, saw that I cannot stay uh, I wouldn't stay alone by then. So I decided to go back home. They decided to transport me back home. In fact, they forced me to go back home because I couldn't have anybody to stay with. Who is they? Uh my family members. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, my sister had uh, her sister who stayed here in Nairobi. So she came to where I was staying and she saw that things were not easy. Mm. So she the she she was the one who forced me to go back home and stay with the grandma. Okay. Yeah. I re- I remember you watched the documentary as well. Yes. Uh Mugambi. Yeah. You remember the grandmother. She was lovely actually. Yeah, very lovely. Yes. She's the one who has taken good care of me since my childhood. But unable to cope. Oh? Because she was unable to cope, so she would tie you up. Yes, yes, it yes, it wasn't easy because uh, I was I was aggressive and I was moving up and down so to contain me in one place she had to 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 use some of my cousins to tie me up and hey. for me not to There's, yeah. there's something really fascinating about how you interact with your grandma mm-hmm. in the documentary. And yeah. again, we really 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 um if you have not seen it, please recommend we're highly recommending What's Eating My Mind. It's a BBC Africa documentary that's available on YouTube. And Nick features quite a lot in it. And the conversation that you're having with your grandma, mm-hmm. you know, you're completely well at this point and yeah. you're talking about <laughs> yeah, grandma used to tie me up to grandpa's grave yes. and she'd be like yeah that's what i used to do it was so matter of fact yes yeah. very like matter of fact happened. and mm-hmm. conducted with such levity and lightheartedness mm-hmm. and when this them were going like what look look at look at the grandmother and the grandson speaking about this in the past mm. yeah but speaking about it with such a groundedness mm. and i remember wondering how many people have conversations about mental illness with that ease around it even if the past that they're talking about is so dark 
so dark and painful. I mean, yes. I was so I was so uh, disturbed and and moved and so many emotions. Yeah. But you both were having a very lovely conversation. You smiled. You laughed. You. It was like you had. You didn't in any way judge her or. Uh, or have any resentment. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I know. I know. For me, I do take it easy because uh, I do say that perhaps it was a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. In uh, because right now that is, this is whatever I'm, I'm into fully now doing advocacy on mental health matters, and maybe that was uh, my call. Perhaps because at first I thought that I was being called to become a Catholic priest. Mm-hmm. So perhaps God called me to become more to to work more with people of yeah. psychosocial. You're, you're preaching a different gospel. Yes. Yes. A very 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 wholesome one. Yes. Yes. What was it like then when you were diagnosed in Nairobi? What was happening? you're living here alone in Nairobi and you said that you had some difficulties that required intervention from your siblings yes what was going on okay then? what was going on was that uh, I was I was uh, moving uh, anyhowly and uh, I was okay my mental illness comes with a great force and it makes me to walk naked yeah so actually walking naked and you know becoming a bother to people and also becoming hostile so that is uh, what made my actually my family members to see to say that I need to go to go back home. Did mm-hmm. you get any help from doctors, therapists, psychologists, medication uh-huh. at this point before you go back? Before I went back I was taken to Madare. I was given a job mm-hmm. and uh, it uh, relaxed me a bit. Then I was given some medication. So I began to take them a bit and then uh, is when I went home at least for a month to stabilize my mind a bit. And were you taking the medicines at home as well? Yes, yes. Now when I left here, when I went back home, my grandmom actually they didn't know what whatever was going on because it was a first instance within the family yeah. of a mental case. Perhaps she thought that uh, maybe it is some, uh, you know, these witchcrafts and uh, yeah, these things to do with home things. She actually intervened uh, some sort of spiritual aspect of it they came and prayed for me in fact it was it was very hard because those people whom she brought to pray for me they were actually burning me with candle literally what yeah in form of prayers so in fact i had a cousin by then who was uh, doing psychology she, he was in his first year he, he but he didn't know whatever was going on by then but uh, whenever we do talk with him at, at the moment because he has graduated with psychology from Kenyatta University he said that for sure those people did not know whatever was do, was happening at that time but for him also he didn't know how to intervene by then mm. yeah. when was this 2016 Okay look we'll come back and carry on this conversation cuz mm-hmm. it sounds like you have been through a lot yeah. um because there's still more to come before we do let's talk about your first song choice Black Man King by Joseph Hill why have you chosen this song Okay when i was going through that process of depression actually my cousin introduced me he he saw that i was i was i was remaining i was always alone being alone so he didn't know whatever could make me happy so he proposed for me some uh, some reggae music because he's he's a reggae fan mm-hmm. so when he proposed for me reggae music the person he gave me his song was Joseph Hill mm-hmm. so i loved all jo- Joseph Hill songs okay. actually yes all right so well, that's why i chose Black Man King mm-hmm. fantastic let's yeah. have a listen What a liberty, what a disrespect You are taking with your people and his servants deal No respect for his imperial majesty Good and out of order You must suffer by that, yeah 
You love the trouble black man king, white boy. The trouble black man king. Love the trouble black man king, white boy. The trouble black man king. Babies on your shoulder. If you're trouble black man king. Babies on your shoulder. If you're trouble black man king. Say you love the trouble black man king, white boy. The trouble black man king. Black man king, white boy, the trouble black man king. Death is on your shoulder. If you trouble black man king, death is on your shoulder. If you trouble the black man king, you brought I down here, then you slave I. No respect for the sons of Rastafari. Slave, I already and all in your intention. Hey, but if you think you're bad on me, come, come, try it again. What? You know the trouble black man king, white boy. The trouble black man king. The trouble the black man king, white boy. The trouble the black man king. It is on your shoulder. If you trouble the black man king. Just a deal with the people like word police. Behavior like those they don't enjoy. People know good things, man. And if you give them a fly in your air jeep, you just a tell them they can't enjoy themselves. Thou shalt not smoke. You know the touch, black man king, white boy. No trouble, the black man king. You know the trouble, black man king, white boy. No trouble, black man king. Boy, it is on your shoulder. If you trouble, black man king, yeah, it is on your shoulder. If you trouble, black man king.
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me Mugambi Ntega and me Shalini Bala Lucas. And after that wonderful song Black Man King, we are back in conversation with Nicholas Odiambo Osir who has been telling us telling us his story about his uh, personal struggle with mental illness that led him uh, back to Kisumu and you were speaking about an intervention an actual religious spiritual intervention being carried out that involved you getting burnt with candles. Candles, yes. I've not actually heard of that before. Have you, Mugambi? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. Wow, that so, must so, have been awful. Yeah. yeah. Pole, pole. Later on in the documentary, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about things that you'll find in the documentary, guys, and uh, just in case you're wondering, we have discussed this uh, prior uh, with, with Nicholas. So um, uh, just, just putting that out there. You actually ended up living uh, with a religious cult. Yeah. Uh, for um, how long was it? Oh, one and a half years. One and a half years, yes. and you were chained. You had your chained feet chained in shackles, there, yeah. in shackles the mm. whole time. The whole time, the whole one and a half years. So, so tell us, are we, can you tell us about the cult? Yeah. Okay. Only uh, as much as you feel comfortable doing. Yeah, so. it's okay. It's yeah. okay. So actually, after some time from Kisumu, I yeah. came back to Nairobi okay. to begin my my life again. Then at that time, I faced a serious relapse back then in 2020. Whilst you were here in Nairobi? Yes, once I was here in Nairobi. So the relapse was so worst. And my father, my biological father, even though we did not live with him for so much, but he came for my rescue. So when he came for me, he did not know what to do with me. Mm. So he found himself taking me to a cult. Let's just put, just so we understand what's Mm -hmm. happening. You're at this moment being filmed for What's Eating My Mind by by Noella. She's filming you. Yes. And you suddenly disappear. Yes. Because they didn't know where to find you. They didn't know, yes. Okay. So not knowing there, okay, when my dad came and picked me, he took me to that uh, religious institution and he didn't tell anybody where I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my family members got worried and demanded to know where I was. So... When uh, a certain uh, people from uh, CGT and they came to that uh, institution to do their documentary on mental health also on how it is being treated in Africa. So when they came there, actually Noella saw me mm. in uh, the show and that's mm. where she got a knowledge of where I was. Oh, so it was through another yeah. program that program. she found you. Yes. So she came to that place uh, with uh, my grandmom and my sister. Yeah. Yes. So what she saw, she actually, she she got it rough because she was asking herself, how come you got chained? And and at that time, I was actually in my normal state. Mm-hmm. Yes, that optimum state. So uh, she asked herself, okay, why, why, why do they chain? Okay, let's let's go back a bit. So you were taken by your dad to this cult. Yeah. And they call themselves a church. Yeah, it's church. Yeah. And they um. You, you're not in a good place yes. mentally. Mm-hmm. They chain you up. They chain you up. When we see you in the documentary, you look really good. You yes. look happy. You look mentally. You're, you're okay. Okay, yeah. But the shackles are still on. Yeah. How do you feel being chained? What are your thoughts? What What's going through your mind? Yeah, at that time, I felt so bad. Mm-hmm. And I did not like them specifically. And uh, I used even to talk to the person in charge of the institution. I used to tell him, okay, uh, I understand. Maybe during the first time when somebody is brought, maybe somebody can be aggressive, somebody can be harsh, somebody can be 
I mean, somebody when he's not in the, in, in the right state of mind can be chained. But after some time, somebody should be given chance now to work freely and do some other things. So I wasn't, I wasn't so much comfortable with the, with that chaining. But I actually understood why they were chaining because the reason, the reason why they were chaining, they were saying that uh, they were actually containing some people who might be aggressive and so that's their only way of containing of people. containing people yeah. uh, for those of you who haven't watched the chains were on nick's legs he was tied around his ankles, his ankles yeah. and those were big thick chains and as he walked towards the film crew he had to walk with these and it looked they looked painful yeah during the first times it's 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 painful because it it actually tightens up your your ankle and mm. Yeah, mm. but uh, after some time, I was used to them. Mm. Yeah, I was used to them. Um, Nick, sorry, go on. I, I know you were also doing a bit of work for the cult. Uh, where, where was it based? Um, it was based in Kisumu. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you were doing a bit of work for them. I believe you were, <laughs> was it accounting? You were doing? No, I was administrator. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, how many people, was it just men who were there? Yeah, there were a mixture of men and uh, women. How many people were there and being chained? Okay, yeah, uh, he, uh, he had quite a number. By when then you it say was he, who is 60. he? 60 people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 60 people? Yeah. And this cult is still up and running? Of course, still carrying of, course, on. of course. It's run by a, a priest? Yeah, yeah, he's a priest. He's mm-hmm. okay. Priest yeah. in huge quotes. Um, this, this, is, this is not the kind of priest that you are aspiring to be when you're in Colombia, right? <laughs> we use priest very loosely in, yeah. this, yeah. in, in, this, in this context. Yes. I'm, I'm a little like not sure where to go with this questioning because it feels like, first of all, I'll give you a statistic. We are one of 60 countries in the world that shackles our mentally mm-hmm. ill patients. Yeah. Mm. Um, in today's day and age, that is just not acceptable. Yeah. When Now that, okay, let's go back into that environment. What else were they doing to uh, help you? And I put help in in quotes. Mm-hmm. As big quotes as, as priests. Like, yeah, really. Like, <laughs> yeah. you could see me. Mm-hmm. Uh, big quotes. They were shackling you. What else were they doing? Okay. Uh, for sure. Uh, the only sad, bad side is, is, is on the side of shackling. Mm. But he, he tries to do a lot to, to, to bring you back to your senses. In the sense mm. that... Uh, uh, he actually offers some sort of a uh, little bit of uh, some spiritual guidance and uh, spiritual uh, teachings based on uh, biblical, some biblical teachings. So uh, in actual sense, you will come back to your senses slowly. Does he offer medication? Uh-huh. So if you are on medication, he actually encourages you to go on with medication. Okay. But for him, he does not... Uh, promote medica- me- medicines in any way but he, he, when you are on me- medicines he, he actually encourages you to go on until that moment when things are are are, are, are cool so they provide you with the medicines they they buy them for you of course your parents will have to the to parents buy. have to yes. are you still on medication now yes currently i'm still on medication i actually when i left there i stopped medication and uh, uh, that stop uh, me stopping medication actually gave me another relapse mm-hmm. last year in November. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it wasn't easy. So it's fair to say that you'll probably be on medication yes. for the rest of your yes. life. Have you come to terms with that? Yeah, I, I, I actually came in terms with that. Okay. Even that first, it wasn't easy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Are you still in touch with this uh, institution? Have you ever gone yeah, back? Yeah, he's a very good friend of mine. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's a very good friend of mine. I love it. I, so okay, so I'm I'm gonna ask you a question, Nick, and, yeah. and you can answer this or not. Yeah. 
He's a very good friend of yours. Yes. He chained you up. For okay. He chained uh, no hang on. He yes. changed 60 he chained 60 people while yes. you were there. Yes. Yeah. Do you think that's acceptable? Okay, that's where there is a bone of contention. It is not actually acceptable, but uh okay, from me, he was so close to me in the sense that actually he knew that I was in the church, so he knew that I was actually somebody of uh, of good uh, something like, like good repute yes yeah. yes yes to the church yeah. so for me he treated me nicely but he changed he changed you. me yes but he was treating me nicely actually mm. he was treating me nicely and also the thing the advantage thing i got from that part is that it actually made me to quit alcohol yeah okay you were drinking at i was drinking time. at that yes so so he has helped you Yes, he helped me, but I know the chaining was actually the bad part of it, but he he, he actually chained me in, in in some way or the other. He helped me. Do you think he could have done it a different way? Yeah, if there are some ways then I think he can be advised also. Because for me also I try to advise him yes. on the same. Yes. Not to chain people at all. Yeah. At all. Mm-hmm. I used to converse with him because I was like his personal assistant at the same time. So But uh, he didn't listen. Yes, he didn't listen. You He has his own way of working out his own things. Okay, but now that you're out, you're mm-hmm. a mental health advocate. Yeah. You are well. Yeah. Do you think you could go back and have this conversation with him? That shackling people, human beings in this day and age mm-hmm. is unacceptable. It and is and I say this as a mental health commentator, mm-hmm. somebody who's worked in mental health across yeah. the world. Yeah. That is not how you treat human beings. Yeah. Do you think I mean put me in front of him. I'm happy to talk to him. Yeah. Would he have that conversation with me? Yes, he will have that conversation with you actually. Let's do we it. We can organize and we go and we talk with him at least we we share with him and tell him maybe some other ways in which some Absolutely. some people can be can be treated. Because there are It's countries weird. around the world mm-hmm. that deal with their mentally uh, um, ill patients yeah. very differently. Yes. Mugambi, what do you think? I will say this I um I have had the opportunity of interacting with Nick. I I watched the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um and and just for context for those who are listening, the documentary isn't about Nick. No. Um as uh, a protagonist is, is 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 Noella Luca. She's yeah. a filmmaker who also was abroad um pursuing an education uh when uh when she first had a uh, a mental health issue uh, manifest and she came back and then started this documentary. And Nick ended up featuring in it because they're good friends. And and Noella is, has been on our show, and so on our show. have a listen to her sh- her episode on SoundCloud if you haven't already. Please do. And um, I I was fascinated having the Q and A with Nick after the screening, listening to his experience and seeing him. You know, I'd only seen him on screen. So when I was welcoming him to the front of the cinema and he had no shackles on his feet, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And he's such a awesome human being. The fact that he's able to go and make peace and actually understand why people would make the decisions that they made in terms of having to restrain him. He sees them from the lack of understanding and his advocacy comes from the point of view of I was one of you people who was also ignorant then I went through the ringer and I went through the the experience where the people didn't understand what I was going through. So the fact that he's able to meet them and converse with them from the view of tolerance and understanding for me is the most mind-blowing thing i think that's not the conventional advocacy in 2023 the conventional <laughs> advocacy is angry and it's, it's like yeah. let's make enemies out of people and it's mm-hmm. us and them but he's building bridges with people that were treating him a certain way because he recognizes where they are coming from and i think that is hugely admirable it's admirable and it's not easy because for me i'm just like i'm blown away yeah i'm blown away that you have it sounds like you have complete compassion 
passion for this man doing yeah. what he does he has been in the game for uh, the past 60 years yeah but yeah wow. so <laughs> yeah so i know even for me it's i, I didn't like it yeah but uh, with the time i came to to know that it's not actually easy to deal with somebody who is mentally ill i don't know whether have you ever experienced somebody within your family or maybe somebody so close to you was yeah, yeah, yeah me yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a nice person when I have depression and stuff. Uh, no, I've worked yeah. with people that's yeah. what I do. So yeah. I do understand uh and I do understand that it it's it's harder in this country for yes. one thing you don't always have the resources like yes. the medication uh-huh. and uh the mental health p- uh, people on on uh, ground level. Yeah. I understand all that. Mm-hmm. But we have to change. Yeah, we have to change. We it's have true. to change and shackling people is not the way to do it even for me i don't advocate for that because i know number one you infringe the freedom of movement yeah yes somebody cannot move easily even in fact uh, when movement is curtailed nearly everything is yes it's curtailed, yes, curtailed. Well. the freedom yeah. the freedom of yeah, movement of it's movement. your human right but yeah. also it's so humiliating yeah. to be chained like an animal yeah and uh, the thing is that uh, also you don't have a option because uh, within the institution they have they have some written documents that actually support why they do that so mm. you find that he does not go to the street to hold on people so mm. it's the family members who, who brings bring people. them yeah so that also gives him a lot of you know uh, power and the audacity to do whatever gotcha yeah. okay so, When, when we come back I'd really like to talk about the advocacy work that you've been doing because I know that you are doing it in Kisumu yes. and we want to uh, let the listeners know that he came all the way from Kisumu Thank specifically you. for this recording yes. yes Asante and I would love to know what barriers you've been facing because mm-hmm. um, you're dealing with people that were as ignorant as you and your family yeah. might have been okay. I really want to know what that's let's, like Let's do that definitely when we come back your next song is Is the Pain by Desiree 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 okay yeah. let's have a listen Rising, the 
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Mugambi Ntega. And me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. And you're listening to the sounds of Desiree with Ease the Pain as we have a conversation with Nicholas Odhiambo Osir. Yes. Nicholas, thank you once more for being here and sharing your story. And being so open and vulnerable, it's not an easy thing, especially as we've put you on the spot a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and thank you so much But for it's that. not about putting you on the spot. Yeah. It's about putting the guy who did this to uh-huh. you on the spot. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Well, so I would like to have the conversation about, I mean, you have gone through this. Uh, you, you you talked about coming from Nyanza, coming to Nairobi, yeah. uh, going through just the worst of your mental illness mm-hmm. and having no one around you understand what it was to the extent that you ended up being tied mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. your grandfather's grief. Yeah. Out of context, that sounds so like, wait, what? What mm-hmm. was that? So I'm speaking to this person right now and yeah. providing the context for that. Mm-hmm. You have then dedicated your life, uh, rather than being in the priesthood, you have now dedicated your life to advocating uh, for mental health and mental health awareness and telling people about how mental illnesses manifest. Mm -hmm. What has that been like? Because you're going back, like you're going back to Uh Nazareth. Yeah. To, to now <coughs> preach the gospel and yeah. it's a completely different gospel, gospel and yeah. there's people looking at see that's Nicholas who mm-hmm. used to walk around and without yeah. clothing and mm-hmm. he used to got, get tied to a grave yeah. now telling us about this thing that we don't know about yeah. see Uchawi it's yeah. not witchcraft it's, it's not witchcraft at all it's not being cast it's yeah. not an attack of the devil yeah. what it is is a thing that's called mental illness mental illness yeah what is it like advocating in Kisumu for you Okay, uh, it's not it's not easy because uh, that's where I'm born, and uh, that is where so many people knew me. Yeah. So the first challenge I have is uh, on the issue of means of communication and also some some sort of uh, uh, funding because mm-hmm. uh, for you to walk, for you to talk, also for you to go within these families, maybe you find there are some people who actually. I have the mental illness so you go to a family and it's a very poor family mm-hmm. so the like a case i have a a, a certain young man uh, he's called actually leon and uh, this young man 
uh, he is suffering mental illness at the moment and he he does work in the marketplace around so this young man i talked to him a bit he gave me his dad's phone number so i called his dad his dad is actually here in nairobi and i told his dad okay this young man can be helped we can seek some other intervention the dad told me point blank i've tried so many things so many avenues but i've not i told him with the doctors and so many things i'm i'm positive minded i'm optimistic he can actually work out the man told me that he does not have money and it's very expensive mm. because to treat mentally ill patients actually very expensive so you find That's that true. my work actually literally i would like to to offer more but i don't have that capacity to do that and and that's a problem of resources yes. and the fact that the government doesn't put money into mental into health mental resources health, yes. so we don't have enough therapists yes. uh, therapy in in even in nairobi is very expensive it's very expensive yeah perhaps you don't have the doctors and therapists the doctors, you yeah. need in kisumu yeah so and, and 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 also medication also is very expensive yes yes, yes. because uh, like for instance right now i have to to jumble up do i need to eat food or do i need to buy medicine oh my goodness <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's not easy and this is you right now yeah this is me right now yeah. and yeah. and both for you mm-hmm. are survival yes. food is survival, uh, food is survival. And, and medication medicine is, is also survival, survival yeah mm. so the, that is why also i think uh, as we converse through the mental health conversation also we need to put all those things in place you know to assist not only me but everyone who suffers mental ill because um, mental illness because uh, with the advent of covid-19 actually it, it it brought so many cases of mental health cases you yeah. you're in kisumu uh covid-19 found me in nairobi and then i went no but now no i yeah, now i mean kisumu so i know the governor of kisumu mm-hmm. so we should be having a conversation with conversation him conversation with him yeah on that okay yeah because we have so many people who actually uh like uh, where i do also my advocacy work i have uh, a certain young man also who who takes these medicines so he had to stop taking medication why because he does not have enough money to go and buy medicine so if we were to have this sit down with say professor nyongo yeah. uh who actually came to the manic monologues uh ah, yes he yeah, did he's a friend of uh, amar's so mm-hmm. if, if, could you please ask him to come for uh we'll talk about this affair yes mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if we could um yes if we could sit down mm-hmm. in front of professor nyongo and yeah. his wife yes. uh, the first lady mm-hmm. what would you say to them okay i would uh, tell them first of all to to look at medical services okay yeah especially on the side of mental health because uh, i'm a victim and i know how rough it is and how hard it is yeah so i would actually implore them to talk with the companies that offer medicines at least on a subsidized prices and also to assist families those who cannot who are not able to get medications okay you need yeah. to remind me about this conversation that we've had so mm-hmm. that we make this happen in yes, Kisumu at least I will do that. we can't do it across the country it's always difficult but if yeah. we can at least start somewhere yes and have this conversation mm-hmm. with people who can make a difference in government yes we should do that we should do that it's strong okay mm-hmm. thank you so much i want to are you happy with the advocacy side of things um absolutely i'm um i'm always impressed by nick's story and the fact that he's uh, you're always able to express yourself so uh, articulately mm-hmm. and you're advocating for treatment and medication for people that are suffering from mental illness yes because you for one know how that can just form a barrier in your mm-hmm. life yes it's true in the absence of being able to to intervene and provide these mm-hmm. resources because you're saying that yeah. your these resources are, are difficult to 
access yeah. even for you for me yeah, even for me to what hope have you found that you've given to people i, I can imagine the father on the other side of the line being yes. told by someone for the first time that mm-hmm. this thing is actually treatable and manageable. and manageable i've been through it and i know yes. exactly what's needed yes what hope have you seen that you're able to provide for people through your advocacy work okay it makes me so much happy to see somebody getting amused by seeing me maybe after a long time stay, saying, did you get well actually? Mm. And uh, some people think that maybe it's, uh, they call it uh, in Logayam Tachi Zifreshi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody who, you are just, you are pretending to be actually sick, but you are not crazy. Right. Yeah, so most of the people, they think that way. And uh, for me, it's actually hopeful because wherever I walk and uh, so many people, they do come for my advice on uh, how how did you manage and uh, how has it been, you know. And you're able to have a conversation. And I'm able to have a conversation with them and actually give them some tips on uh, how maybe to overcome it and how to work upon it and maybe to give some other referral pathways. And um, have you interacted with people who've seen the documentary? <laughs> I know. What, <laughs> was, what, what was it like to be like. in uh, the doc- a BBC documentary? Yeah, in fact, uh, a friend <laughs> of mine, uh, re- uh, last, la- last month as we were going to have some, you know, our fun moment with some of my classmates, mm. he looked at me and he said, nowadays, Nicholas, it seems you are famous, but... <laughs> 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 We just look at you in, uh, you know, <laughs> online. But I tell them, yeah, that was a piece of work we were doing for advocacy purposes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they actually, they're actually happy for that. And I've gotten so many calls, uh, many people calling me. And in fact, even in Facebook, so many people asking me, how do we go about it? And how can we reach the support group system and so mm-hmm. many things? Amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we need to move on to the next song choice. But before we do, I do want us to bring in your quote because I think it's very relevant to the life you have led, are leading. Mm-hmm. And, and from a lot of pain, you're bringing out a lot of positivity, I think. And yeah. your purpose has changed in life as well. Yes. So your quote is, learn from yesterday, live for today, hope for tomorrow. The important thing is not to stop questioning. Yeah. And that's by Einstein. Yeah. Why does this resonate so much with you? Okay. As a student of philosophy, actually, we did study Einstein mm-hmm. in philosophy. And he was in the field of astrophysics mostly. Okay. Yeah. So Einstein actually being uh, the modern philosopher and also being one of the geniuses, uh, I did like him so much and uh, whatever contribution he brought into the world. Yeah. So that quote actually... Uh, let us not stop questioning because with philosophy it's just a matter of questioning things mm. we, we question but we, we have we, we have to live today and also yesterday gives us hope yeah, yeah. For, for tomorrow for tomorrow yeah. yeah I love that I love I that love okay look let's go to your next song choice it's Journeying by Jimmy Cliff why have you chosen this song Journeying mm-hmm. by Jimmy Cliff uh, by Jimmy Cliff Jimmy Cliff is uh, one of uh, reggae musicians and uh Janning, it's just, I, I, I liked it because uh, also, as I told you, my cousin, after introducing me to reggae music, I began to learn more about these reggae musicians. So getting to learn about Jimmy Cliff, it actually gave me that his uh, song and I liked his, his way of bringing out the message. Okay, well, yeah. let's have a listen. Journey, journey, 
independence to experience From dependence to independence Journey Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Mugambi Ntega. And me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. And we are uh, having a conversation with Nicholas Othiambosir. Um, you can hear that song playing out there, Journey by Jimmy Cliff. I I, I love reggae too. Hey, mm-hmm. Reggae, Ikona vibes. Ikona reggae, vibes sana. <laughs> re- reggae has a way of really getting yes. you back to yourself. In fact, I, it's, it's the one w- which cooled me down. Yeah. Ah, yes. no, I used to be a reggae fan when I was 16, 17. Uh, then I stopped listening. I should go back to it. Go back to it. Back. Yeah. 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 The, the music has really evolved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because 16 for me was a long time ago. <laughs> so That's 31 years ago, by the way. Hey, <laughs> hey you, 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 you had it. 
Hydrogen. 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 You have to do the calculation. <laughs> Go for it. So, um, I, I, I like your quote. And this question actually comes from the quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a student of philosophy. You're a philosopher. Yeah. And I'm wondering how philosophy has enabled you to see life and has enabled you to navigate through your difficulties with mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, actually, uh, basically, physolo- uh, philosophy, uh, when I was sick, and uh, I actually knew that there is something that I was that was not okay, but I didn't know how to go about it. Mm-hmm. So there was a time uh, in one of our philosophy classes, there was a certain professor who was called Professor Nyasani, the late. Mm-hmm. Professor Nyasani was asked by somebody that, what happens maybe when somebody's mad, you know, is he reasoning the way we do? And professor actually told us, perhaps they are in their own world. Mm. So actually, for me, that one was actually coming into resonate with me when I was facing my episode. So I said, no, perhaps there is something that is not okay. Mm. So I need to relax down. Mm. I need to relax down. And in most of the cases, when I was having an episode, I was actually thinking many things to do with God and, you know, especially God. Yeah. So uh, even resonating with people, when we started to talk about the subject of God, I would reason so high in the sense that you could not understand. Yeah. So uh, my personal psychiatrist is called Dr. Buire. Dr. Buire actually, he came to like me, to like me so much and he loved me Mm -hmm. because I used to teach him a lot. He used to come to treat me, but in the treatment, I used to teach him philosophy. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So it actually helped me to come down and... uh, to make myself to come into that optimal state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I have to talk about the final, one of the final scenes that happens in uh, Noela Lucas' film, What's Eating My Mind. And we have seen you from doing the advocacy work here in Nairobi mm-hmm. yeah. to experiencing your relapse and Noela looking for you all over the place yeah. where she's sitting and she sees you on TV completely yeah. by accident and mm-hmm. says, we found him. Yeah. They come and find you and you're, as uh, Shalini said, approaching the filmmakers with the shackles on your feet. Mm-hmm. And then there's that very refreshing scene that I think you shot in Aboretum. Yeah. Where you and Noella are meeting for the first time when you're back mm-hmm. and you're fine. Yeah. There's something so beautiful about that scene because the documentary does that thing where for a moment in time, we're like, we wish everything could be like this. We wish mm-hmm. that every mentally <laughs> ill pe- person yeah. could meet in a park yeah. with someone that loves them and that they can have a conversation about yes. how life is going. Yes. Speaking about your friendship with Noella Luca being mm-hmm. in this film, yeah. what, what, what do you feel watching the film? What, what, how has your friendship with her evolved and what do you see going, you know, the, the, the hope for tomorrow? Yeah, okay, have. we have a lot yeah. of hope together mm. and uh, with our journey in advocacy together. And uh, for sure, I think only death will uh, do us apart. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, a friendship indeed. Yes, yes, but uh, I love uh, when we met with her. We met uh, sometimes back in a support group system, and I think when people were introducing themselves and the confidence I had by that time, uh, she she approached me and asked me, "Okay, you say that you are." becoming a priest. Where were you studying? And I told him in Colombia, oh, that's interesting. And that's where our conversation began and uh, we created friendship and now we had so many opportunities. In fact, we have even formed a CBO by the name Mental Voices Africa. It's a support group system at the same time it's a community-based organization. Mm. And uh, we are actually looking for funds to assist us in uh, working with people of psychosocial disabilities here within Nairobi and outside Nairobi. Right, so there's anyone listening there who wants to plug in and uh, find a way to provide funding to people who are doing all of this really passionate, this honest work. 
around mental health awareness, please, 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 please get in touch with Noella and Nicholas. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we'll give Nick's details uh, later on in the show as yeah. we are coming to the end of the show, actually. But let's do a quick meditation before we do. Uh, do you do any meditation, Nick? Personally, I I just don't do so much that full yeah. form of meditation. But you pray. You're but I pray. So that's a form of meditation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to do my favorite meditation, which is called All is Well. Mm-hmm. So sitting quietly for a moment, closing your eyes or lowering your gaze if you feel comfortable to do so. Bring your attention to your breath, honoring every breath into your body and every breath out. Now put your right hand on your heart and your left hand on your stomach. Bring your attention to your breathing, breathing in and breathing out through your nose. And on the next in-breath, think or imagine the word all. Hold your breath, think the word is, breathe out the word well. Breathe in all, hold is, breathe out well. You'll feel your heart beating, your stomach rising and falling as you honor every breath into your body, holding on to the all is well. And you can carry on doing that for as long as you like. But for now, bring your awareness back to your body, back to the space you're in, back to my voice, and then slowly opening your eyes. So for me, all is well is one of the ones I do when I get anxious Mm -hmm. or as I need to just calm myself down before I go into a difficult situation. Mm -hmm. All is well. All is well. You'll like this, Mogambi. I I got this from, um, you know, how much I know how much you like films. Have you seen Three Idiots? Uh, yeah. No, I haven't. Okay. Hey, um, I've watched. Yeah. Yeah, you've okay. seen it. Yes. So in Three Idiots, there's a song called All, All is, is Well. Yes. And he says, the, my, the actor, my favorite actor, Amir Khan, he says that uh, when he used to stay in this flat, this is in the film, the Ascari used to go around and he mm-hmm. keeps saying all is well and then one night they all got robbed right because they believed yeah. him because every time he said all is well they would tell their heart and their mind all is well mm-hmm. so he said that's how powerful the mind and the heart is when you tell them all is well all is well so this is where it comes from oh, that's wonderful. That's so, <laughs> and then I thought that I was like oh my gosh yeah I got to tell my heart all yeah, is well all is well <laughs> Nick we always cast our guests away to a mm-hmm. desert island Mm-hmm. We're going to do the same for you. Yeah. And if you could uh, just take one book with you, what would it be? Who Moved My Cheese. By Spencer, Spencer Johnson. Spencer Johnson, yeah. Why would you take that? Because actually, Who Moved My Cheese is a book that uh, talks of uh, problem solving and how to adapt to a change. So being in a desert, you know, you need a lot of adaptation <laughs> and to adapt and yeah. It's a nice island. Yes. It's like a tropical island. <laughs> Nice food and drink. <laughs> yeah, so also there you need to adapt to that and also True. to change. Yeah, so that book will actually help you. Okay. Yeah. And what song would you take? Tomorrow. Okay, by Don Carlos. By Don Carlos, yeah. Why? Mm. Because uh, it reminds you of, you know, tomorrow being another day, you know, just time, a matter of time. Things will change, things will be better because being in an island is not easy. Yeah, being alone in an island is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I sometimes I think people... I think I'm sending them to like purgatory <laughs> or something. Um, to, is that how you live life? Tomorrow is another day. Is that how you live every day? For me, yeah, yeah. I know that tomorrow it it, it will be well tomorrow. You you won't be in the same same situation where you are today. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, this so too, tomorrow, this yeah. too shall pass. Yeah. Okay. Your your luxury item is hilarious. What would you take? Wet wipes. <laughs> wet wipes. Wet wipes. Yeah, w- yeah, wet wipes. <laughs> yeah. Be- because being uh being in an island or a desert, you know, sometimes you can uh, you you might not have water or something like that and uh to clean. Yeah, to clean. And also you need to yeah. <laughs> I see that. Yeah, last, so like, last week like, Sylvia was nail polish. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Sylvia the farmer wanted nail polish. I can't remember what offensive Nicholas the philosopher was. Once wet wipes. Once wet wipes. Yeah. Do you remember what offensive? I mean, I've got to make a list. Oh, she wanted a mattress and bedding. You know what? I need to make a list of the luxury items. I think they'd be fascinating. We've That's true. It's like a little bit of a like a uh, human human experiment, social yeah. experiment. Yeah. yeah, what people think is luxury as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's one thing, and remember, uh, their life is not easy. Yeah. yeah so uh, also having that privilege to take a luxury thing, so it should not be that bulky thing or maybe something that can. can uh-huh. <laughs> You've really thought about this. Uh-huh. I can tell. <laughs> I like the very practical <laughs> approach to all of this. Um, <laughs> And if you could invite one person onto the island, uh, who would it be, dead or alive? Yeah, uh, that is uh, my late cousin. is called Alphonse Farrellomondi. He died of suicide. And in fact, it was even in the media. Sometimes back in 2009, the one who died of uh, Arsenal. I don't know whether you heard of it. The Arsenal fan. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, sometimes yes. back in 2009. Mm. So actually, I think he was undergoing depression mm. and uh, he did not know how to maneuver out. So also having undergone that and also having survived some suicidal attempts, I think I would be there for him and I would invite him. We just have a talk because it seems that we are we have passed through the same thing. How mm. old was he when he took his own it, life? He was uh, 29 years then. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you would like to talk him, talk to him. To talk to him, yeah. Anik, I have to ask a question here mm-hmm. when knowing knowing what he was going through personally. Yeah. And seeing the media turn this around and make it about oh Arsenal, Arsenal. lost a game and yeah. that's why he took his life. How mm-hmm. did, how did that feel? Yeah, until right now even for us in the family we have not come into terms mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. because uh, all along Arsenal and Manu it has been something that you know they have been fighting you yeah. know yeah this one winning this one losing so we didn't know why that conversation uh, would come along yeah. that way yeah. but uh, being a fan of Arsenal maybe some people whom he was having his last moments with would would actually talk of that it, it was just a way of sensationalizing the story yeah. Perhaps. absolutely yeah Thank you uh. so much, Nick, for being here, sharing your story with us. We really do appreciate you being so open, honest, and vulnerable, and allowing me to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Mugami was the nice cop here. Um, yes. What would advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Yeah, just to get to, to learn about people. You know, that aspect of uh, you have to know, you have to choose between good friends and, uh, and fake friends. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And also to know where to invest your emotions. Mm. Yeah, because you can invest your emotions Kumbe, you are investing your emotions on uh, somewhere you want uh, when you are in time of need, you can't get help. Because I can remember actually my friends, the friends I used to have mm-hmm. are not the friends I have currently. Absolutely. Maybe may because of the experience I passed through. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that rough experience actually made me to know where to invest my emotions. Mm-hmm. I think that's very sound advice yeah. for a 20-year-old. Thank you so Wonderful. much. How can people reach you? Okay, people can reach me through my uh, Facebook account. I'm using the name Nicholas Osir and into bracket champes and also my twitter handle is at nicks osir and also my whatsapp number my phone number is zero one one five six 
0035901156003590359 And you're happy for people to reach out to you? Yes, at any time. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Wow, that's very brave. Mugambi? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at it's Mugambi. You can also find me on Twitter at it's Mugambi. Please also follow me for more mental health tips, mindfulness meditations, lots more on my social media at Just Joom. To all our listeners, if you or someone you know is struggling with any of the mental health issues that we have discussed today, please do seek professional help, whether that be a counselor or your doctor. You can also open up and share your feelings and mental health issues anonymously without fear of judgment on Bonga, www.bonga.or.ke. This is a safe space where you can start the healing process. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much again, Nick. Thank Thank you you so much. To play out the show, Nick's final song choice, Tomorrow by Don Carlos. This has been Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. And me, Mogambin Tega. We are so grateful to all of you for your time today. Thank you for listening. And until next week, stay stay happy, happy, be be mindful. As the clock keep ticking away Time is so precious And so I say Tomorrow is another day As the clock keep ticking away Time is so precious And so I say Wake up to meet the rising sun Get on your feet, don't be no slow Rolling stone Gotta no mask You move too slow You will pay the cost Hear me when I say When I say Cause tomorrow Is another day As the clock keep ticking away Time is so precious And so I say Tomorrow Is another day As the clock keep ticking away Time is so precious And so I say Let's make it While the sun is shining Get up, let's do something creative Don't waste your time away Or you won't see that day Tomorrow is another day As the clock keep ticking away Time is so precious So I say Tomorrow is another day As the clock keep ticking away Time is so precious And so I say Time is so precious 
and so I say Let's make it while the sun is shining Wake up and do something creative Time wait and no one You got to be strong Oh, hear me when I say Yeah, yeah, hear me when I say Cause tomorrow is another day Oh yes, tomorrow is another day Tomorrow is another day Tomorrow is another day Hope and pray Hope and pray You're going the right way You better hope and pray 